Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamp, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 306 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm good, my man. How are you? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. Always good. We're going to dive straight into the review part of the show here. We're going to start the Universum Gym in Hamburg. This one took place on Saturday. Um, a guy called Zan Kosobutsky, 15-0 with 14 KOs, stepped in against Joey DeWaco, who had only been stopped one time in his eight losses, DeWaco. 21-8 and eight with four draws going in. DeWaco got knocked out in round two here. It was for the WBA International. National heavyweight title. Dwayco, uh, by all accounts, seemed like he didn't really fancy it. I think he got hit with a few body shots, and he got hit with a shot and tried to say it was behind the head. I don't think he kind of wanted to beat the count. It was all a bit kind of the little clips I've seen and what I've read and what I've seen people say. Seems like he just turned up to get paid, really. Um, on the undercard, a heavyweight prospect to keep an eye on, Jose Lardu. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he is now 6-0. and A KO in round four for him against Santander Silgado, who's now 30-9. and Um... Elsewhere on the undercard, Avni Yildirim returned with a knockout win in round one, coming off that loss a few weeks ago to Jack Cullum. Uh, he was able to beat Slavisa Slimanovic, who's now 37-51 and 51 as a pro. Yildirim with the first round KO, three knockdowns in that first round for him. He's now 22-4. and four. Moving out now to the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. This one obviously took place, um, you know, on Fox pay-per-view, and it was on Sky Sports in the UK, which made me a very happy man Saturday night. Um, let's start with the undercard. Um, I want to talk about Mark Magseo, the undefeated Filipino prospect, now 23-0, and a KO in round 10 against Julio Seja, who's now 32-5 and with a draw. Seja down in the first round, Magseo down in the fifth round, and then Seja down in the tenth round, down and out. Um, I felt that Magseo, or Magseo, you know, when he put Seja down in the first round, it was kind of unexpected like I didn't expect that fast of a start from him I think it was a body shot if I remember correctly uh, I think it was a, no no maybe it wasn't a body shot my memory's awful but anyways he put him down he started fast I didn't expect that um, Sehar obviously like I say dropped Magseo um, and seemingly he was in full control of the fight because there was a real kind of turn in the tide I think Magseo started like I say fast early on he was in control for a few rounds and Sehar just started to come back and then when he dropped Magseo the tide had completely turned and it was looking like Seha's fight to lose um, and then like I say you know out of nowhere almost Magseo hits Seha 
clean and it's got to be one of the most brutal knockouts you will see all year and I felt it was an incredible comeback for Magseo you know he dropped the guy in the first round gets dropped himself lost a few rounds on the bounce looked like he was going to lose it on the cards and what a way to come back I mean he's certainly one to keep an eye on still a work in progress I think but all in all a great fight with a lot of momentum swings um, let's talk about now the fight between the two former champions Victor Ortiz now 32 and 7 with three draws. Robert Guerrero now 37 and 6 with a draw. A unanimous decision over 10 for Robert the Ghost Guerrero. Friend of the show, I'm pleased for him. However, I think Ortiz probably nicked it on my card. Um, swollen eye for Guerrero, a cut eye for Ortiz. I felt that Ortiz was doing too much smothering. It was quite frustrating at times. Both guys got tired throughout the fight. And for me, towards the end especially, it turned into a little bit of a hug fest. Um, I didn't like that it was the chief support to the Pacquiao fight because it kind of killed the mood. I actually felt quite sleepy during that one but again I felt that Ortiz probably just about shaded it so I was quite surprised to see a unanimous decision the other way um, what else did we have on that card I should give a real quick mention to uh, I think it opened the TV card um, Carlos Castro now 27 and oh he was able to knock out in 10 rounds Oscar Escandon it was the final round there um, good fight again it was for the vacant WBC Continental America's featherweight title um, yeah good fight good learning fight for Castro um, Escandon's not a bad fighter or Castro perhaps just wasn't taking him entirely seriously but I don't know. I'm not sure about Castro. He's got himself to 27-0, like I say, but I'm not sure he... I don't know. I'm not sure he's as good as his record makes him look. I think it's a little bit inflated. Um, but Escandon's not normally easy for anyone, so I'm not sure what to take from that fight there. But nonetheless, another win, and that is all that matters. Another learning fight there for Castro. And now let's go to the main event. Um... I didn't really write any notes on this main event, but I just kind of scored, uh, you know, the fight partially. Um, I found that the first round was a Pacquiao round. That's how I saw it. Uh, I gave Ugas round two. I felt he was working his jab nicely. Pacquiao was struggling to get past it at times. Round three I gave to Pacquiao. Uh, Matt Macklin on the commentary for Sky disagreed with me there. Round four was a close round. I edged it to Ugas just about. I think Manny did good work early on. Ugas did good work late on. I gave round five to Pacquiao. I think round six and round seven were really, really close. They honestly could have gone either way. Um, I gave Ugas round eight. I gave Pacquiao round nine. I gave Ugas round ten. I gave Pacquiao round eleven. And round twelve was a was a big round for Ugas. Um, so on my card, very close. I think I might have even had it a draw. Like I said, there was a couple rounds that could have gone either way. Um, maximum credit to Ugas. Obviously, late notice for him. Late notice also for Manny Pacquiao. I've said it for a long time. Ugas gives everyone problems at 147. I've been saying it for years. I've been wanting him to fight Errol Spence. Um, huge respect as well. Has to go out to the living legend, Manny Pacquiao. Like I say, also late notice for him and the fact that he completely changed from you know a, a big tall southpaw to a big tall orthodox fighter it's always difficult especially coming off two years out the ring age 42 um that could be the end for the pac-man as for you gas i'm over the moon for him i'm a tiny tiny bit bitter because i do love pacquiao 
But, you know, I can't help but be happy for you guys who's had to do things the hard way throughout his entire career. So I'm really pleased for him. If anyone deserves that win, it is you guys. Um, let's talk about both things there, Eddie. I'm not sure if you saw the fight. If you did, then, you know, talk to me about it. But after that, um, where does you guys go and where does Manny go? Well, I saw, like, the. I, I tried to watch it. I tried to put the card on. Me and my wife were away uh, on our on our I honeymoon on our uh, anniversary uh, little getaway. So I, we were in a hotel and I was trying to figure out how to get it on. I just couldn't do it, man. So I ended up watching the uh, highlights of it and skim through certain parts of it. I actually tried to put the whole fight on too to kind of get a better gist of it just then from the highlights. But it, um, Manny Pacquiao still looked like Manny Pacquiao to be honest. Not obviously as you know, fast. Yeah, I want to say that's fast. He was still fast. He was still throwing combination. He was still doing what he does. But you know what I mean? His reaction time is going to be a little bit slower than it used to be. You know, things like that are going to be affected as you age. But he's still an elite-level guy. He still can be in there with any of the top guys. Being that he got didn't get the decision in this fight and you guys won is not really saying that much about his decline as much more as just saying about how difficult you guys is as an opponent for just about anybody at that weight. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to say, Hey man, you need to retire. You look horrible. Cause I don't really think that was the case. He was still doing what he does. He's always been, you know, he's always taken punches at times and been, you know, in, in firefights and stuff like that. So you can't really say, oh, he wasn't defending like he normally does. Because to be honest, that was always the way he was. You know, maybe he's a little bit slower on the on the on the draw when it comes to, you know, maybe certain things defensively, certain foot uh footwork wasn't as uh light. But then you also gotta remember he has made he had to make an adjustment to who he was fighting. And once again, we know this is a tough guy. This this pretty much one of the top guys at that division. So you can't just overlook him because, you know, look, look at what happened with Sean Porter. Tough fight he had with him. You know what I mean? So there's uh, there's so many, uh, so many, so many different examples of, of why he can't be looked at as completely falling off the rails for losing to this guy. Not saying like, listen to your scorecard, Joe, makes me even more and furthermore think that it wasn't that bad of a performance from Manny Packard. Maybe not bad at all. You know what I mean? I didn't really get a good uh, a good view of it because I only saw the highlights. But um, I just think he needs to think about it. I mean, he is 42. You know what I mean? He's not going to keep ascending in his athleticism and things like that as he's getting older. So it's, you know, it's just a thought of do you want to continue to put your body through this as you get old, as you continue to get older? Do you want to go through another year of possible inactivity? You know what I mean? Or, or is it going to be like a return match? or something like that with this, you know what I mean? All those things got to be factored in. You know, he's a, he's a politician. He's successful. He really doesn't have to fight anymore. It's really just up to him whether or not he wants to continue to put his body through something that he loves. You know what I mean? I mean, you'd love it, but it's still putting your body through things, especially as you get older. So um, as far as for Manny, I think, I think he can do what he wants. If he still wants to fight out, really don't think there's too many people that can really say, Hey, you're crazy. You need to retire. You know what I mean? Because he didn't look that bad. You know what I'm saying? He can take his level down a little bit. But if you think about it, too, a couple years ago, not more than a couple years ago now, but when he fought uh, Jeff Horn, 
you know, people were talking about, oh, he lost the step. Oh, he's just, uh, then he comes back and he beats Keith Thurman. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's kind of hard to say that, especially during, you know, with a guy like you guys. So, um, as far as you guys, I mean, I think the sky's truly the limit now. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. There's guys out there that I think that'll give him the blues. And I'm, sp- I'm speaking to the kid from Philly, you know, Boots Ennis. I think he gives him the blues. I think he pretty much gives anybody the blues. With the exception of maybe Terrence Crawford or Spence, you know, it makes it really difficult. You know, it may, may, they may make it difficult for him. But you guess is uh, he's a legit guy. You know, he got a lot to look forward to, you know, in his career. I think, you know, and nobody just wants to go in and fight him and think it's going to be easy nights. So um, just excited to see where uh, where he goes and, and hopeful, hopeful for Manny. And, you know, if he decides to retire, just, you know, I congratulate him on a hell of a career. Not many people in history has had a career uh, as, as great as his. Yeah, if he decides to retire, obviously he goes down as a first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer. If he decides to carry on, I actually think there's more options for him than there are for you for Ugas, even though Ugas won the fight, which sounds crazy. But no, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, I I think if Manny were to carry on, a fantastic fight for him would be the rematch with Keith Furman, just to see where he's at, because that was a very close fight. Furman, from his point of view, would get his his chance to overturn the one loss. Not overturn, but, you know, um, come back and... What's the word? Like, uh, what's the word? Right man? the wrong. Yeah, right the wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right the wrong. If he could come back and do that, then he'd pretty much be, quote-unquote, undefeated again. He he could say that he's beaten everyone he stepped in the ring with. I like that fight. Um, I no longer like the Crawford fight. I no longer really want the Spence fight for Manny. Um, I think that Amir Khan and Manny Pacquiao are still a massive, massive fight, whether you like it or not. That's 100% true. Um, I, I, There's a few people that I would still pick Manny Pacquiao to beat, is what I'm basically saying. I think that... Um, you know he's got a, he's got a very good chance against Khan. He, he he probably beat Khan. I think he beats Kell Brook. I think he beats Danny Garcia. I think him and Mikey Garcia is a good fight. There's so many good 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 um, guys that he could fight. I don't think he's gonna go anywhere near someone like a Virgil Ortiz or a Jerron Ennis. There's no it doesn't make any sense at all um, to fight those guys. But you know Amir Khan, a guy that. Let's be real, is at the back end of his career as well. Someone like a Kell Brook, someone like a Danny Garcia, someone like a Furman. Furman's last three fights have all been majority or split decisions. Um, you know, he's at the tail end. I, I actually like that fight the most, and it doesn't make any sense at all, but I think Manny could 100% beat Jeff Horn now. Um, Jeff Horn has, has been awful since um, losing to Crawford. He's been terrible ever since then. So. I think he could come back and, but I don't think he cares. He's got, you know, he's got, what's he got, eight losses now, Manny? I don't think he's bothered about kind of coming back and righting the wrongs, as we said. But um, as for as for you, Gas, um, I would love to see him fight Spence. I've said it for a long time. I wouldn't mind him fighting Crawford. Um, I wouldn't say no to the rematch with Manny, to be honest, if it was something that was on the cards. Um, you, Gas, against Porter. I think is a they fought before, right? Yeah, they fought yeah. before. Of course they did. Well, fight. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind seeing that one. There's a lot of there's a lot of fights there, 
But um, yeah, as for Manny Pacquiao, he's got lots of options, but of course he doesn't need the money, doesn't have anything to prove. And if he decides to walk away, he's had a tremendous career. If he decided to walk away five years ago, he'd still have a tremendous, um, you know, yeah, Hall of Fame legacy and, uh, you know, and, and record and all the rest of that. But anyways, that is it for the review part of the show. We've stretched it out, talking a lot about Manny and you guests just there. The final thing for me to do is to welcome our special guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the reigning WBO Super Featherweight World Champion. It is, of course, Mr. Jamel Herring. Jamel, welcome back on the show, my man. It's always good to be. It's always good to speak with you, brother. It's always good. It's always good to speak with you. I think you've been on more than any other boxer in the world, which is crazy. I think this is <laughs> the 14th time, if I've got my stats right. But anyways, uh, we last spoke back in April, Jamel. It was the week after you beat Carl Frampton. Um, what's been happening since then, man? Oh, man, a lot has happened since then. You know, um, enjoying that victory, of course, but more importantly, I got to spend this summer with the family because you know the, with the last fight the postponements I've been in camp for so long so it was great to spend time with family but as you know right now we're back and we're back we're getting back to the grind you try, try to get back into camp mode and then obviously you know there's a big fight coming up so that's what, that's what I, I, I've been preparing for and when we last spoke you pretty much said that you'd be moving up in weight if you couldn't get the unification with Oscar Valdez however You've decided to stay at the weight. You've decided to defend against Shakur. Um, at what point, Jamil, yeah. did you make that decision and why? Um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those prideful things. You know, I, I've seen people thinking that everyone basically is scared to fight them, which, is, which isn't the truth. And, you know, me being a real world champion, you know, so, hey, why not? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good challenge. And if I'm a true world champion, I'm out there and fight the best available out there that I could possibly fight. Of course, we all wanted to see to see the unification with Oscar Valdez, but if I have to go through, you know, this fight in order to get to Valdez, then, you know, then so be it. That's just how I am. That's just how I am as, as, as a man and how I am as, as a champion. So I just thought, hey, why not? Let's, 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 let's do it. And Jamel, since we last spoke, Shakur had his fight against Jeremiah Nakafila, the Namibian policeman. You were at the fight. Um, what did you make of Shakur's performance, Jamel? Oh, you know, I'm not. I wasn't there. You know, one to criticize him. I thought he did what he had to do. Um, I honestly expected him to, to, to get a guy out of there. In, in my opinion, I thought I thought he was just so far, so far ahead of that guy. Well, you know, the people the people seen the fight. It wasn't his greatest performance, of course. But in the end, he got the W, so that's really all that mattered. But like I said, I just expected a little bit more from him at that point in time, with, with that fight at least. Yeah, I think a lot of people share that same opinion, to be honest. And let's talk about the, the main reason you're on the show, Jamel. Your, your next fight has been announced October 23rd. You'll be defending your title against Shakur Stevenson. Shakur is someone that you know really well. I mean, you both came through the USA Olympic team. Uh, you're both with top rank. You both you know, have watched each other fight. You've both got the same publicist. Shakur's even trained at your gym with your trainers. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage to you that you're both this familiar with each other? Um, um, you know, I look at it, I look at it as an advantage 
in some aspects. But at the end of the day, you know, I have to get in there and use those advantages, you know, to my will at least. But I don't, I don't really look at too much of the, um, you know, us being so with each other, you know. So like, especially like, you know, if you watch my career, I've always, you know, brought different aspects to the table in terms of whoever, whoever I was fighting in there. So it wasn't like it's the same guy you know, from the last fight. I mean, I, 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 I've always made the, the right adjustments in order to get the victory over whoever I was facing in, the, in that ring. So, I mean, for the most part, I just have a great team. And they honestly know him honestly a lot better than I do. So all I can do is just go up there well and their guide and just, and just take it from there. And there hasn't been an announcement just yet, I believe, on the venue um, I could be wrong. I don't think I've seen anything. Is there any idea um, um, when we're going to hear? From what I was told, um, in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena, which is host to the NBA's Atlantic Hawks um, team. So that, 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 that's, that's basically a 99% chance of it landing there. Um, and, well, if, if you know the country doesn't shut down to the pandemic again, but that's the venue that they've, they've been solely focusing on. So that's what I've been told as of lately. Okay, and how do you see the fight going, Jamel? Um, thinking about it, obviously, Southpaw versus Southpaw again. Um, like I said, just because like you brought up earlier that we're familiar with it, I think it'll start out as a chess match. But you know, due to styles, one of us is going to have to push the action at least. You know, and I feel like um, at least on my behalf, I'm, I, will, I will end up being the one, you know, pushing the action to 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 get a reaction. So. That's how that's how I look at things. But you know, like for me, it, it, I usually go off based off what I see early early in the fight. You know, and, and I just go from there. I just go from there. And Archie Sharp was on the podcast last month, and he said that based off of both of your last performances, you performed way better against Frampton than Shakur performed against Nakafila. Now, I don't think anyone in the entire world can disagree with that statement. Does that give you the upper hand going into this fight due to that old saying, you're only as good as your last fight, and your last fight was better than his? Um, you know, I think about that at times, but I also say to myself, at the end of the day, styles do make fights. So I have to, you know, that that like, and I want to, you know, thank Archie for for you know for that for that compliment. At the end of the day, you know, Shakur is still a fighter that you have to be cautious of. So you know, I mean, yeah, if you look, if you're going based off style, I mean, just this last uh, last performances, of course, you would um you would think you 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 would give me that um, you know that 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 huge um assessment but then but also remember you know coming even from my fight with the okendo fight you know i I had a rough outing there and i I had a lot to prove myself you know what i mean so i had i had to go out there and basically work my ass off and and really show that i'm still world class and i I can get out there and perform with the best and you know and and I'm, i'm actually honored that the best came with Frampton because yeah, he he was more of the accomplished fighter. He he still he still even even in the feet he's still more accomplished than me in terms of um everything he's achieved. Because like I said, this guy's a two divisional world champion, a three time world champion. So you know it's just a huge honor that I still have a win over a, a guy like that. But you know like I said, I'm not looking over anybody. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I, you know the fact the fight to me now it was in the it's in the past. So. I'm just focusing on I'm focusing on what's next, and I know I'm pretty sure Shakur had a lot to prove. So, 
you know, like I said, once again, I just want to thank Archie Shaw for that compliment. But like I said, I'm, fo- I'm solely focusing on it. It's, it's, it's a new day and a new opponent. And, I, again, I want to bring out the best that I did, again, like I did in the front of the fight to this fight. And hopefully, you know, be recognized as one of the, one of the best fighters of 2021 at least. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, particularly your last performance has got everyone kind of... I feel like saying it's unsure is a bit of a disrespect, but I feel like there was so much hype around Shakur when he turned pro. He raced to become world champion. He did it in one division. He's now up, uh, you know, at Super Feather, and people think he's a superstar. People, people I think, think he's going to win this fight, but based off of your last performance... I think a lot of people are going, whoa, actually, let me think. Let me, let me, I'm not sure if I want to put that money down on that bet anymore. Um, let me ask you this, moving on to a different subject just for a second, Jamel. You're part of the gym, you're part of the team. It's looking like Terence's next fight is going to be against Sean Porter. That's a fantastic fight. Um, how do you see yeah. that one going, man? That's gonna be a real good fight. That's gonna. I I've also spoken to Sean Porter on the side one on one a few months back because we 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 commented a card together and I told him I said hey man I I hope you get that fight because I as a fan I want to see that fight and I always said I always tell everybody out there you know Sean Porter is never in a boring dull fight you know Sean Porter brings out the best in anyone out there you know obviously you know I'm siding with with Terrence of course. But I think it's a good fight, and it's a good name for Terrence at the welterweight division as of now. So I'm really looking forward to that fight, and I I, I'm, I have my fingers crossed. I hope they get it, a deal done, whether it's a purse bid or the, or, the, or the promoters get it together. But I hope that fight eventually comes to fruition. And talking of your commentary, I I don't I don't know about this commentary gig that you did a couple months ago with Sean Porter, but I know you did the uh, the Michael Hunter thing. How was that? How are you finding doing this commentary stuff? Um, you know, it's it's, it's good. It, it, it's I, I actually enjoy it because you know I, you see me on social media, I always share my knowledge and what I'm looking at with the sport of boxing. So to get out there and do it on a mic, you know, is great. Um, like I said, I, I respect guys like Sean who's done it. Um, even Carl Frampton has, has has done it. He's doing it as well. So you know, it's just good that to have you know fighters of this of this current gen be out there, you know, voicing their opinion and sharing their knowledge on the mic. And I'm just happy to be a part of that group now. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what you said now, but there was a couple moments during the the Hunter fight or just before or just after, but part of that event, you made some funny, you said some funny things. It was really funny. I can't remember what you said, but I was laughing at some of the stuff. You, you, know, you know, it was funny. With the Trilla thing, they, they just told us just to be who we are on, on, a, on a daily. So I just let it all out there. But it, it, it was great. Like, that was a different experience. It just brought out a different side of me. But it was fun. It, it was the me. It was, the, you know, the real me. But like I said, I got to bring out a different side of me out there for Triller. And, um, you know, like I said, I did the international card for the top rank um, winning for the Inaway, for the Inaway's last fight. And, you know, I did I did a ring city card out. And uh, the one I did with Sean after the, after the practice fight, I did one with, with Sean Porter for ring city. So, yeah, you know, I've just been having, I've just been enjoying, you know, doing something different, different out there other than myself throwing blows. Yeah, absolutely. No, and oh yeah, and, 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 and to go back and to, and to go back what you said about the, uh, even with the um fight with Shakur, like you like you put it out like people just like if you would have told people a year if you'd asked people a year ago at least um even before the fight who who would you know who would win between 
or obviously people that have been said hands down Ultra Core Stevenson. But like you pointed out, ever after the last two performances, you know, people are like you. It's true. People are out saying like, you know, well, of course you want to go with Shakur because he's still the, you know, he's still the, the up and comer, supposed to be the future of the, the sport. But you know, at the Jamel looks like he he gets better with time himself. So it, it's just one of those fights where like it makes it intriguing. And that's what I like about it. I mean, it's not it's, it's, no one's really giving a, a a clear cut winner with this fight, and that's what it, that's what gives me the hunger to go out there and perform at my at my best. Just like even like like I always have to find some sort of motivation with every fight. Like with the Frampton fight, I had to go out there and deal with you know the scrutiny and you know the criticism of the of the from the Okendo fight. So that was my motivation. But this fight, everyone was was you know anointing him as the next Mayweather or the next big superstar. So I want to go out there and prove people wrong that, you know, that I'm not, it's not taking anything from him, but that I'm still up there in terms of top tier class. And I'm actually in my, in my heart, I feel like I'm his biggest to date. Yeah, no, absolutely. You just went from Jamel Herring, the fighter to Jamel Herring, the pundit mid interview there, I think. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And just finally, before we wrap it up, Jamel, even though, um, uh, even though we're not in your top fifty best Twitter accounts, what's your closing words to our listeners? <laughs> you know what, you guys, I, I don't. You know, that thing is just. I don't know how it works because, like I said, you guys. I, if I've been on your, on, on, with talking to you fourteen times, I had a record. Something's not right there. Something's not right there. But you know, like I said, I love all you guys out there. From the UK to Ireland, you give me the platform to, to have that reach to get to those guys. That just that base out there. So you know, I always appreciate you guys, and I still, I still have to go out there and um, have a drink with Carl myself in Ireland. But I, but I, and I to get to the UK and have a fight, or just go out there just to enjoy a good fight myself and hang out with the fan base. But like I said again, I just want to thank you guys, and I want to keep my record up. So we're going to have to talk. A, more even after this fight <laughs> oh absolutely i know that certainly will happen listen jamel it's always a pleasure speaking with you my brother best of luck for october 23rd and we'll speak right afterwards i'm sure thank you brother Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. We're going to start here with the fact that Joe Joyce has signed a contract extension with Frank Warren. He's deciding to stay put. Um, some people would say that's a, that's a bad move for him, really, because some people would say despite losing... Sorry, oh God, I even messed up myself. Despite winning against Daniel Dubois, he wasn't really promoted or respected by Frank Warren as much as Daniel Dubois. Daniel Dubois, after losing to Joe Joyce, went on to, um, I think, didn't he fight for an interim WBA belt or something like that before Joyce even had his fight scheduled? And now, obviously, this weekend, Daniel Dubois boxing on a Jake Paul undercard, which we're going to get to. But Joe Joyce is kind of just still undefeated, complete danger man, had the really hard fight against Carlos Takam, knocked him out, and, you know, I don't know, so I'm not sure he's being kind of promoted as good as he could be promoted by someone else, but I'm a massive fan of Frank Warren, so at the same time, I don't want them to split or anything, so 
Anyways, whatever, that's just what I think. Joe Joyce signs an extension. And the other piece of news is that David Benavidez against Jose Uzcatagi is back on. It was set to take place, I believe it was something like, I think it was late August. It might have been this weekend coming up, or it might have been September. I don't remember now. But anyways, it's going to be on Saturday, November 13th. Um, It's going to take place in David Benavidez's hometown of Phoenix, not sure if there's an undercard announced for that just yet. Yes, there is actually. Uh, Jose Benavidez, the the brother of David's, also going to be on that card. He takes on Francisco Torres. That's over ten rounds at super welterweight. It seems like Benavidez, um, Jose Benavidez, has moved up to one fifty four now. Um, but anyway, that is it for that. Moving on now to the preview part of the show. Not too much to go over, but we're going to start here with tomorrow night at the Ponds Forge Arena in Sheffield, Yorkshire, United Kingdom. Not a place we usually mention, but we have to mention it. The return of the white rhino, Dave Allen. 18-5 and five with two draws in a six-rounder against Andrea Pesce, who is 7-13 with three draws. That's over six rounds, like I say. All the best to the white rhino. Friend of the show, Dave Allen. Friend, uh, really good friend of, of Eddie Chambers. Obviously, used to uh, used to share a house with Dave at one point. Moving out now to the Arena Birmingham in Birmingham, West Midlands, United Kingdom. I'm going to be at this card, so I'm excited for this one. There's a few good fights on the bill. Let's start with friend of the show, Anthony Yard. Um, his record 20 and 2. He's in a 10 rounder. He takes on a guy called Alex Terran, who boasts a record of 23 and 5. Of his 23 wins, 15 have come by KO. He's a Colombian fighter based in Massachusetts, USA. But the bad thing is, of his five losses, he's been knocked out every time. He's been knocked out by um, Unieski Gonzalez, Alfonso Lopez, Turiano Johnson, Arif. Um, Arif Magomedov. Okay. Anyway, the interesting fact again about this guy is that at one point in his career he was boxing at 160, and here he is, obviously up at um, you know, at 175 against a puncher like Anthony Yard. So I don't expect that one to go many rounds. Um, elsewhere on the card we have. Um, Liam Davies is scheduled to fight. It's for his English bantamweight title. No opponent just yet. He's 9-0. and No opponent just yet. Um, we've got prospect Nathan Heaney. 12-0 and in a 10-rounder. No opponent just yet for him either. Um, we have the rematch between Ilyes Ahmed, who is 8-2. He takes on Casey Kadami, who's 8-1. Um, a rematch in their, in their last fights, respectively. Um, they boxed, and Ahmed got the win. A majority decision over 10. A fight that I felt uh, Kadami, I think, just nicked. So here's the rematch. Kadami, of course, was high-flying um, in the top 15 rankings and stuff like that in the world, and he's back to try and right the wrong. Um, he's had quite a tough time, I understand, outside of the ring. He's trained by John Tandy, who, by the way, shout out to John Tandy. He's had a massive um, um, a massive um, part to play in me actually attending this show on Saturday. It's for the vacant British super flyweight title. All the best to Casey Kadami and John Tandy for sure. Um, this is a great fight that takes place on the card. Anthony Kakachi. 
18 and 1, steps in against Leon Woodstock, 12 and 2. It's for the British Super Featherweight title. Kakachi, of course, took the belt off of Sam Bowen back in 2019. It's almost two years of inactivity that Kakachi's coming off of. Leon Woodstock, though, coming off a loss and also coming off two years and two months out. He last lost to Zelfa Barrett in what was a really good performance from Zelfa Barrett. Um, hasn't beaten a man with a winning record since 2017, Leon Woodstock. So this is uh, probably not good for him. I, I expect it to go late, though. I think that fight probably ends up going the distance. I think Kakachi points, but what a fight that's going to be. I mean, Leon Woodstock pretty much never in a bad fight. And the main event, Akeem Ennis Brown, 14-0. Only one knockout to his name, though. Takes on Sammy Maxwell, 15-0 with 11 KOs. Somebody's own must go. There's a hell of a lot of bad blood between the pair. Akeem Ennis Brown, I think, sent a message or something to... Sam Maxwell's um, girlfriend, and Sam Maxwell has allowed that to get really, really under his skin. I don't think you can blame him too much, but the pair hate each other, and I know that that's a, that's a big word, but I think they actually do hate each other. I don't think it's for the cameras. Um, there was a bit of pushing and shoving at the face-off that I saw, I think, about a week or so ago. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that one, and I, I want Sammy Maxwell to win that fight, I think he's a slight underdog, if I'm not mistaken, but a good amateur, um, still kind of yet to set light as a pro, I think he's still kind of, you know, treading water a little bit, I don't think he's kind of, um, I don't know, I just think 15 fights in, I think he probably should have done more than what he's done, but Akeem Ennis Brown looks a very solid fighter, despite only having that one knockout to his name, it's not really a problem, he's he's a really good boxer, so a great fight there, uh, the good guy in me wants Sammy Maxwell to win, I think he's a victim in all this trash talk, to be honest with you, I think he's gone a little bit far when you start including spouses and stuff like that, I'm not a fan of that, um, Moving out now to Kentucky, I'm not sure the venue name, but one fighter to mention over here, friend of the show, Tyler Tomlin, he was on the show a couple months ago, he's 11-0, and 0. he's signed to Lou DeBella, he's in an eight-rounder against Ira Terry, who's 27-16, and 16. all the best there to Tyler Tomlin. Uh, moving out now to the final card, it takes place on Sunday, August 29th. Um, it's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view. Um, interesting one, as always, with these Triller fight cards. We have, uh, let's start with the undercard. Tommy Fury making his US debut. 6-0. and oh, He's taking on, I believe he's a UFC fighter or something like that, or MMA guy. He's 0-1 as a pro. Anthony Taylor, that's over six rounds there. We've got Charles Comwell, 15-0, stepping in against Juan Carlos Rubio, who's 18-0. That's over ten rounds there. Carlos... Um, I was going to say Carlos Conwell. Charles Conwell, getting a little bit confused there. Charles Conwell, obviously a really good prospect. He was involved in that unfortunate fight, of course, with Patrick Day, in which Patrick Day, um, you know, never woke up and stuff like that. And that's extremely tragic and very, very sad for the entire sport. But Conwell seems like he's been able to mentally put that behind him now. And um, he looks to be, you know, the bright prospect that he once was. However, this guy hasn't got a great, looking record when you analyze his 18 and 0 record but he could be a hidden gem he could be 
uh, a guy that's going to thrive on this kind of stage. We don't know how good this guy is. It's going to be interesting, but Conwell is the clear favourite. We've got Daniel Dubois. We spoke about him a few moments ago. He's 16-1. and one. He takes on over 10 rounds Joe Cusimano. I don't expect it to go 10 rounds, despite the fact that Cusimano's never been stopped. Uh, but Cusimano himself can bang, so it may be interesting, but I don't think it's going to be. I think... Uh, Daniel Dubois will get him out, um, you know, within a few rounds. Cusimano, 19-3, 17 KOs, um, a guy from Virginia. He's got those two losses, one to Steve Vacosa and one to Robert Sims. He hasn't really got any great wins. I think his best wins came against Greg Corbin, Michael Marone, um... Yeah, that's about it. Daniel Marks, he lost to him early on in his third pro fight. I don't think there's much shame in that over four rounds. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be any match for Daniel Dubois. You've got Montana Love, who's 15-0. and 0. He's a prospect I've heard about for a few years. But once again, he's been moved a little bit slowly. But here he goes, straight in the deep end against Ivan Baranchik, former world champion, 20-2. and 2. But he's coming off that... Fight of the year last year against Jose Zapida in which he was down and then Zapida was down and then he was down and he was brutally knocked out. It was a brilliant, brilliant fight, I think behind closed doors as well, which makes it sound quite crazy. Um, but anyways, he's back against Montana Love. That is an interesting fight. If Montana Love is as good as they say he is, this is a perfect time to get Ivan Baranchik. But Baranchik is proven. He's got world-level credentials, so I think he has to be the favorite in my eyes. You've got Amanda Serrano, 40-1 with a draw, defending her belts. I think she's got two or three belts. She's taking on Yamilef Mikado, who's 18-2. That's over 10 two-minute rounds. The good thing about Mikado is she's not been stopped in those two losses, and we know that Serrano, um, you know, with her 40 wins, has 30 KOs, and we know that she is trying her best to get the most knockouts in women's boxing history. I think she is just behind Christy Martin, if I'm not mistaken. So all the best to her in that quest. Christy Martin has 32 KOs. She's trying to outdo her there, Serrano, which I think she will. So that could be interesting. I like Amanda Serrano, a real, real fighter. And of course, the main event, like it or or not, is Jake Paul, 3-0 in an eight-rounder against the UFC's Tyrone Woodley, who's making his professional boxing debut. That's over eight rounds. Um, not really going to talk about that. Can't be bothered. But um, all the best, of course, to the likes of um, you know Dubois and Fury out in the States. I hope Jake Paul wins against Tyrone Woodley. I hope Fury wins, and maybe we might see that fight. But um, yeah, some decent fights on the weekend, and I especially like the Birmingham card the most. I'm happy I'm going to be attending it. Um, so, yeah, really excited for that one. So, good weekend of fighting. Saturday night in Birmingham, and, of course, the Sunday night in um, in Cleveland, Ohio. But, anyway, that is it, though, for the preview part of the show. In part one, we did the review part. We brought you the special guest. In part two, we did the news, and we've just wrapped up the preview. And the final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds.
Okay, and this wraps up episode 306 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A huge thank you to our special guest on this week's podcast, the reigning WBO Super Featherweight World Champion and a good friend, Mr. Jamel Herrin. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in to this week's podcast. There has been one or two pieces of news break whilst we've been recording the show. Matt have announced a fight card that they're putting together for September 10th in Austria. It's going to be headlined by Filip Hergovic, the 2016 Olympic bronze medalist. He takes on the 22-0 undefeated Marco Radonjic, a guy from Montenegro. 22-0, 22 KOs, by the way. Um, that should be interesting there. And of course, the undercard has been announced for Joshua Usyk. Um, we're going to see Lawrence Sokoli defending his WBO Cruiserweight World title against the mandatory challenger, Dylan Prasevich, who's 15-0 with 12 KOs. Um, we also have... Callum Smith returning to the ring up at 175 against the Dominican um, Dominican Republic fighter Lenin Castillo, 21 and 3 with a draw, 16 KOs. Um, and Campbell Hatton on that undercard as well against a guy from Spain called Eisendura, who's 3 and 7. And the rescheduled date for Florian Marcu against Maxim Prodan. Um, we've also got a couple other guys, I think, on the card. But that's the main undercard there. But um, that is it, though, for the news. Like I say, a couple bits that happened whilst we've been recording the show. But that is about everything from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all again next week.